Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Cole Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rick Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose, Arachnid Sister Lamera, David Starr. Support Russell Talk. You are watching Russell Talk. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support Russell Talk. Support Russell Talk and please subscribe now. Support Russell Talk. Do it. Support all Support Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Because they talk about wrestling. I like it. Support Wrestle Talk. Go subscribe. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Lou Gowen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is and whoever Lou Gowen is. Both are Ravens. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis. And that's so, I'm so used to that now, I'm not even going to pay attention to the fact that the name's changed. Do you know what, I was thinking about this the other day. So, do you remember when you, when I first started, uh, well, you and I first started doing these videos together, we were doing our first long-form video, and it was us previewing WrestleMania mm, 33. In two parts. And just before we pressed record, you went, oh, what should we call it? And I said, the WrestleTalk podcast? And you went, oh, no, no, that's a silly name. Uh, we need to have more branding around it. More branding? Oh, like a separate, yes. build up a separate title. Exactly. Or maybe that would have been a good idea if it wasn't so easily misheard as Wrestle Rumble. Well, well we then went with that Wrestle Talk show and then went with uh, Wrestle Ramble instead. Because I think yeah. I suggested Royal Ramble, mm-hmm. but um, we, uh, someone had quite rightly told us, well, then Wrestle's not in there. And that's what people are going to be looking for. I think someone else had that as well. Oh, really? There was, a, there was a very funny guy, British guy, who used to live in China. Oh, God, I can't remember his name now. But his his stuff was on WrestleZone. Mm. He used to make little videos for WrestleZone, and he called it the Royal Ramble. It's a good name. Yeah, solid name. Wrestle's not in it, though. <laughs> but anyway... Oh, well, I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? How was your long weekend away in Bath? That was two weeks ago. You had a weekend away this weekend, didn't no, you? No, that was the that was the week before we've spoken about it. I know we did, but then I thought you were going away this weekend no. as well because you had the Monday off. I thought you were going away. No, Man. that's because I'm working Saturday. No, I'm I, doing the SmackDown well, I, review. I know that. 
But I thought, for some reason, in my head, I had it down that you were also going away this weekend. I do apologise. I thought you were. I thought you were going away to a different place. I know all of your movements <laughs> at all times, and it makes me personally offended when you don't know mine back. Sorry, dude. But I'm sad anyway because I tried something new today. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> and how's it gone, man? How dare you? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a mixture of my fault. I would say it's 80% my fault, 20% YouTube audience not being ready for change. I was just about ready for you to say 20% you. 20% you there. <laughs> I was like, you wait, what people. did I do? No, it's like a WWE heel turn promo. Yeah. It's all of you, you fans. You never supported me. No, I, I wanted to try out a new way of reviewing the wrestling shows so we can get it out quicker. And one way we could do that would be to just talk off script into a camera like a vlogger. That's like such a YouTube trope. All the millennials do it. Yeah. So uh, I did that. Uh, I spoke for 45 minutes. I haven't quite got the succinctness down. And I foolishly say at the start, well, here's roaring, I guess, about 10 minutes. Mm. How long is the video? 20. But it's not 45. (laughs) Correct. It's not 45. No, but it's still way too long. And uh, I spot-checked the music, which was a mistake. It was loud. Because, and I also listened to it with headphones, which I always thought, well, I edited it. That's that's the other major flaw here. I thought, no, I, I'm the only one who knows how to do this. <laughs> Me, who hasn't edited really anything in two years after doing all the initial WrestleTalk news edits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not gone down brilliantly. Well, it's a weird one, so let me get up the YouTube back end. It went live about two hours ago. Mm-hmm. And it's still got a, a, a healthy bunch of thumbs up. Yeah, it's like a, what, 89% like ratio? Yeah, 90%. Okay, that's, that's gone up since I last looked. That's it's good. It's had 8,000 views mm-hmm. and 900 thumbs up. That's oh. that's a success, but it's also had 100 thumbs down. <sighs> Mm. Mm. which isn't so nice. You've got to look at those thumbs down as well. Uh, and the co- most of the comments are, this music's too loud. <laughs> which is... I, well, I, so I watched a little bit of it on my lunch break uh, today, and my first thought was, that music is quite loud. Oh, it didn't sound that loud. And I, I'm going to come off as such an <laughs> asshole, because I stopped editing, and I went, well... The music will be fine. I literally, (laughs) I said it out loud with you and Pete next to me. Well, it'll be fine. It's fine. I'm not going to wait for Laurie and Simon to get back and tell me how to do this properly. That's fine. It might get loud in some parts, but overall it's fine. It's totally not fine. You also and I didn't take it out when it was the Rusev moustache break, so it played over other music. Oh, it's so bad. You also picked a track as well that's got so many peaks and troughs in terms of loudness and quietness. Yes. That it was never going to be, like, fine. You know what I mean? Like, it was always going to be up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Although the the mustache break thing is... Unforgivable. Unforgivable, I would say. Uh, So here's the, the... As of one second ago, Kano Tunga has commented on the video... Please never do this new format ever again in your life. <laughs> as you can see, YouTube comments are still as extreme as ever. Eric Paul, 
uh, that background music has got to go. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, lots of the old format is better. A lot of people are like, well, that's it. A lot of people are saying, I love this new format. So now I'm stuck in this terrible position where 40% of people, or comments at least, say they love it. Yeah. But they're not thumbs up in each other's comments. <laughs> so they're being pushed down. Everyone's thumbs up in the... Which, get which, get rid know. of the music. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think the idea's dead. Mm. I just, Am I still doing it for AEW is my I question. I don't think that's wise now. Okay. No. Oh, but I had such a good gimmick for it. Yeah, well, you can still I, I, do I'll that. I'll just do it against the green screen, I guess. Do it against the green screen. Maybe we just make that separate from the news video. So we just so we'll just do that as a ten minute video. These again are conversations we should probably have off mic. These are yeah. these are business uh, decisions as opposed to general podcast chitter chatter. Louis Dangor, danger, danger, Dangor, danger. Louis, writer of the website, love the new raw review format. By the way, he just messaged me privately. Feels like a chat with a friend, which is great. I'm getting so many mixed signals. <laughs> At least it's not a hundred percent bad feedback. Louis, when you hear this podcast, go onto YouTube and thumbs up all of the comments that <laughs> say it's good. No, we can't fudge with the feedback. I suppose not. Uh, but anyway, do you want to some brighter things? Yes. Some Some email correspondence. This came in from Chris, uh, who says, Hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Pete, Randy, Simon, Dave, and your secret benefactor, Tony Khan. Uh, <laughs> I'm not much of a rap fan. Give me that sweet naughty's new metal. But since you and Ollie have recently been discussing rap music, I had to offer a recommendation. I wonder if you're familiar with the indie rapper Adam Warrock. Adam Warrock? No, good, I'm not. Good, good name, it's a though, great mate. Pun. Uh, who performs raps about comic books, movies, and even WWE. I believe this is called Nerdcore. Mm, isn't he's, it? he's been active since he's been inactive since 2015, but I provided a link to his entire archive of songs on Marvel, Futurama, Game of Thrones, Phoenix Wright, and for Randy, Harry Potter. And he sent in a YouTube uh, link. So if you just look for Adam Warrock on YouTube, uh, you might be able to check him out. If that sort of thing will take you a fancy, that's from Chris, uh, aka the mm. Adnap Two. He's one of oh, our yeah, frequent yeah. super chatters, and he's a pledgehammer. Oh, nice. Well, that's thank you very much. We also had an email from Harrison uh, who sent in the last batch of uh, rap recommendations for you and he was asking if you had a chance to listen to any of them. No, I haven't. No. I no I've been too busy coming up with crap formats. <laughs> let's, let's, we're, we're trying to be uh, on a yeah, positive note here. I know. So I was watching Hip Hop Evolution, which is a terrific show, by the way. Really which, good. Oh, it's so good. I'm halfway through season two of it now and I've been loving it, absolutely loving it. And the episode that I watched yesterday on the way home... Uh, I was really, I was really, really enjoying. And riveted. Then, I was riveted. And then there was a rapper on there called Paris, who I've never heard of before. And he was a, a leader of the Black Panther group in his area. And they played a track of his called The Devil Made Me Do It. And I was like, this is fantastic. This is great. So when I was on Spotify, checked out the song. I've listened to the album twice. The album that itself, the 1990 album. I've listened to it twice all the way through. It is phenomenal. It's great. So that's my rap recommendation ah. from nearly 30 years ago. <laughs> and I've only just discovered it because I'm white, British, and, well, my parents are, would pretend they were middle class. Yeah. Paris, he's the he's a wordsmith. He was like the one... No, no, who... he was the one who came after. So in the interview stages, he was the one that was after that. 
Okay. There was a different one who was uh, like the wordsmith who had the very uh, different way of doing intonations and the mm. way he would like uh, space out the, his rhymes within songs. Well, the, the, we all know the art form peaked with John Cena's Thugonomics. Well, obviously, yes. I, don't, I don't know when they're going to get to that. That's what I'm <laughs> waiting for in Hip Hop Evolution, the yeah. documentary series, yeah. Uh, we missed this one. It came in from uh, Janai, who says, Hi, Luke, Ollie, and the rest of the boys, but not Randy. Screw you, Blake Ham, you piece of crap. I've been listening and watching you guys for over a year. I'm 16 years old from Bermuda. I've ever, uh, I have ever heard you guys talk about Bermuda, so I thought it'd be quite cool to email in. It's my birthday on Sunday, October 20th. and would mean so much to hear my favorite people wish me a happy birthday. Thank you for keeping my life entertaining. Keep up the great work. Happy belated birthday. Happy belated Watch birthday. out for the triangle. Yeah, we're two days late on that one, I'm mm. afraid. Uh, I used to be obsessed with stuff like that as a kid. Oh, yeah. Bermuda Triangle, yep. ships going missing. Loved it. Planes going missing. But I felt that was like, it was a big topic for kids' books of our era of like, you know, the Fantastic Five go to the Bermuda Triangle, you know, and things like that. So, yeah, I was also, I loved me some like, not conspiracy theories, but like the world of the unknown. Mm. Good stuff, mate. Anyway, I asked you how your weekend was before I got the information slightly wrong, but the question still remains: How was your weekend? It's good. Went to Brighton. Saw. So my you did go away folks. then? Yeah, I knew you. I bloody knew you'd gone away. You just hadn't gone to Bath. <laughs> you prick! You made me feel bloody awful. I knew you'd gone away. <laughs> so you went to Brighton then? Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Oh yeah, it was very nice. Uh, I went to go meet my brother. Uh, after his final leg with um, Extinction Rebellion uh, on Friday nights, we troublemaker, to... <laughs> little troublemaker. This no, I, th- I think I think they were like um, what were they called? Uncooperative crusties. I think our prime minister called them. Um, so he was regaling the tales of um, his uh, week. Well, his two weeks with Extinction Rebellion. We had a big chat about do you know the the, the commuter uh, yes, problem they had. Yeah, yeah. And how that was not endorsed by <laughs> Extinction Rebellion. It was actually voted down by uh, 70% of uh, Extinction Rebellion in order to do it. But because you can't control people, they went and did it anyway. And that, But as my brother quite rightly said, it did get the most press, though. So in that way, it was a success. Because everything else we did got no press whatsoever. Yeah, but it was bad press. There's no such thing as bad press. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> the term public opinion against them. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, a lot it was of not. It was not a good annoyed. look. No, it was not a good look. And also, I felt like they were targeting the wrong people. They're targeting commuters. Yeah. Like they're they're the people doing the good thing, right? They're yeah, not they're driving. Not, yeah. <laughs> Go for the four by four. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I went out for drinks with him on Friday night. Then we started talking about scary stories. My brother's a bit of a scaredy cat, and he's only thought like, I don't really want to go back to the house on my own now. So we're like, just come back to us then bit drunk by this point we very drunkenly went back home and i don't really remember much else on friday night we bought two bottles of wine i think we drank both of them watched taskmaster and bob's burgers and i think the good place but i cannot confirm that i was then very very sleepy on saturday and all of the plans that we had to map out our japan trip just fell by the way planning planning i i did the washing up i tidied up the kitchen but then i sat on the sofa and i was like i'm gonna have a little nap now and i fell asleep and then my wife decided to watch this bbc drama that had the most screaming in it i've ever heard like painful heart-wrenching screaming and that's what i woke up to and my wife was like sorry about that They've just found out their son's died. I'm like, why are you watching this? It's Saturday. 
She was in a different place than you were. <laughs> Apparently so. Uh, and then all of a sudden we did even less. Um, but yeah, so it was nice, mate. Very, very nice. Should we get into the show itself? Right, well, let's crack on into the show. Uh, talking about the Rusev angle, which... I mean, here's the show. So, Rusev, he was gone for uh, many months after the 51-man battle royal. Didn't really have anything to do after WrestleMania. He was with, he was in a tag team with Nakamura. That's right, yeah. Because they broke up his really hot act with Aiden English. Yes. Because Aiden English was trying to get with Lana. And Mm -hmm. a few years before then, Dolph Ziggler was trying to get with Lana. Yep. And The Rock also once made a joke about getting with Lana. Are you detecting a pattern here with the current storyline with Bobby Lashley? Dude, I said this when they started this storyline. Clearly, Vince McMahon does not see what Lana sees in Rusev and therefore is doing every storyline he can to be like, you're way hotter than he is. You two do not make sense as a couple. Which, maybe that's why Rusev got the moustache. He's like, have you seen this bad boy? (laughs) I can have any woman I want in the entire world. He's a sex god with that moustache. He is a handsome George Clooney. So he, apparently, Rusev and Lana's contracts are up soon. That's what Meltzer reported back in June. And they did a load of interviews with Lillian Garcia that they're not happy with WWE creative and where they're at in the company. Yeah, Rusev said, if you're foreign, you just have to be a heel. That's the way it works in this company. And he's been mishandled time after time after time against John Cena with the Aiden English stuff. he And he gets over. And then WWE just cut his legs out from underneath him. Rusev and, Day was not supposed to get over. And Rusev and Lana are a great act together. And WWE look at that and are like, no, no, stay apart. No, Lana, you go over here. Be a flamingo dancer. Flamenco? Flamenco. Flamingo. <laughs> dancer wrestler. I don't really dance, so I don't know, in all fairness. It might be flamingo, for all I know. You might have been right the first time yeah. around. So now we have a storyline. Just just happens to be around the same time where it's reported that Rusev and Lana's contracts are expiring, where Rusev is being booked in a in a feud where Bobby Lashley is just cracking on with his life. And credit to Lana and Rusev, they're doing it. And Lana, for one, seems like she's putting effort in. I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say, 50% of uh, this act are putting the effort into this storyline. But, I, I mean, I've had it this, this feeling since Rusev came back. He's wrestling, he's performing, he's cutting promos, but there's a deadness behind the eyes. Oh, yeah, he is 60% there. Mm. And how this, that the next chapter in, in this episode was Rusev came down for a King's Court segment because Jerry Lawler is a featured part of Raw programming now. And they don't have Ms. TV, so they've got to have a different talk show in order to get storylines across. How are we going to make this real? Give it a realistic tinge. <laughs> Let's fill the ring with thrones <laughs> and have a man and a crown. <laughs> Which also devalues King of the Ring. <laughs> so Rusev comes down and... Jerry gives some much-needed context, because up until now, we haven't really had any idea of why Lana's doing this, what's happened between them. And he said that uh, Lana has been accusing Rusev of interfering in her modelling contracts. Yes. 
Uh, and yeah, she said that. Oh, man, I can't remember what else he said. What else did he claim? He said that Rusev's been sending his oh, send money, money back, back to his to family. Bulgaria, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's made Lana annoyed because she cannot spend that money. Yes. So the babyface thing that they're trying to say about Rusev is that he's a good family man and he interferes with his wife's business. Mm-hmm. So he's a good guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like Lana is egging that stuff. Oh, up, I know. So. I'm, I'm being facetious. So the crowd are chanting what throughout all of this, which is a very audible indicator that they don't care about this storyline and have no faith in it. Rusev, this this was like, this showed me how little he cares about what's going on around him. He said, whoa, 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 everyone, come on, this is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And he just tapped and, Jerry and a, on the shoulder. As flat away as possible. It's a Hall of Famer, guys, come on. Because apparently as well, they had people going out in, in, during the ad breaks to tell the fans not to do the watch chants, said it's disrespectful. Really? Yeah. So I think that's, that's prob- just going to make wrestling fans do it more. So I think that's probably just spun off from this. Is that I think they're just trying to get rid of that chant completely now and just try and shut it down forever. I mean, it should go. But then Rusev cut a promo where he said he doesn't blame Lana. It's all Lashley poisoning her it's mind. Poisoned her mind, and he still wears his wedding ring, and uh, he's still going to continue wearing it. Yeah. And then Bobby Lashley and Lana appear on the Titan Tron. Uh, Lana's wearing a top that has the entire chest area just cut out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a top that exists. I'm glad it does. And they're in a restaurant. I think uh, it was handpicked by Vince McMahon. Yeah, definitely. And Bobby's talking about Lana's needs. And he listens to Lana's needs. Needs, not knees. What did you say? (laughs) Uh, That's why they've gone to this favourite restaurant that Rusev would never take her to that just so happens to be down the road from Raw this week. (laughs) She's wanted to go to this restaurant her whole life. (laughs) And Rusev would never book her a table. Whenever they were in Cleveland, (laughs) he would never book this table. And Rusev then goes, oh, well, now I know where you are. So he walks out and goes after them. And, you know, I've seen Rusev caring in things. He he was just he was just saying lines. Oh, well, I think when you actually get to the restaurant area as well, it's even more sort of evidence that he's not caring Mm. because he walks in and has the blandest brawl. And it was like my note was like, was that it? Yeah. And really was was that it? Because nothing happened. Like they went, I've been pulled apart. Lana was the only one who was really trying when she was saying, he should be arrested. He's a menace. Yeah, I, I didn't understand. He should be arrested. But she was yelling. It sounded like she was Russian again. She did at the start when she went Rusev. Yeah. And then went back to it being um, CJ, uh, CJ, rather. Was that her name, CJ? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, CJ Perry. That... I was thinking of CJ Park. Yeah, yeah from C... Baywatch. <laughs> oh, and um, NXT. Juice Robinson's old name. Um, yeah, Lana kept shouting that he's breaking the law. So where this really falls down is Rusev wanting to give Lana another chance. Like, he just comes across as such a weak A wetback. Yeah, with the saying, I've got my wedding ring on. If, if their intention is to go, look, this is a wronged man, and he's going after to, to rescue his true love from the clutches of Bobby Lashley, that doesn't really work because Lana is being such an awful person here yeah. like there's no nuance it's not uh, oh but it, did, did Rusev really say he wants me back and Bobby's like no 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 don't listen to him that's exactly it I don't this doesn't come across like Bobby is poisoning her mind no. she just feels like she is stock heel character and that that's really problematic because we can all see that 
Rusev can't, and it's not that's not a good dramatic tension. It just makes me personally think, well, you're a bit of a loser, Rusev. Yeah. And I think Rusev also thinks he's a bit of a loser. And I think they're just riding out the contracts, both of them. I think there is a group of people in this company that are just riding out their contracts. Yeah. There's a lot of them that are coming up next year, and they're all just like, do you know what? I don't need to re-sign. I don't need to sign on. I can just wait this one out, and then I'll go off and find pastures new. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But before we get out of here, let's give... Oh, there's no... There, well, there is. I couldn't find your documents. Ah, okay. okay so I've got let's them on my document. Let's do shout-outs to our Pledgehammers on Patreon. Thank you, Fistful of Crisps, Chris Christofferson. Hooray! Oh. Moving sideways, Kieran Crabtree. Like Moving sideways. The 99 percenter, Garrett Vandercrift. Oh, 99. Oh, Maker. Ron's for Jan. Yeah, come on, Rainmaker. Jack Daniels on the... Carl Rocks. Hey, he's a sexy man, not an Andrew Gross man. Oh, Greg Taylor, soldier spy. Yes, yes Greg. Very on. nice. Laurie Blake's personal security, Dave Humphreys. <laughs> well done, Dave. Probably better than Kyle, Philip O'Reilly. Big claim, big claim. Big guitar. And one of my personal faves, 
Girls on film, Amy Duran. Yeah, Erica Duran. So let's get over to your super chats. Thank you, Lady Lou, I believe, who's always in the the chats. Yeah, it's either Lady Lou or Richard. Thank you, both of you, being the, the mod mother and father. From Oblivia Scari, Jerry has to go. Scandals, Spider-Man. He bloody loves talking about Spider-Man when it comes to Ricochet. Yeah. We'll shut up about him this week. And Superman as well. The commentary, I, I'm quite enjoying Dio Madden. I think, D- I think Dio and Joseph are great. Mm. I really, really like those two together. I just think Jerry adds nothing to the trio. What about the King's Court? <laughs> well, just bring him out for that then. Tim Arndt says, when Rusev said he knew exactly where Lana and Bobby were, why did they stay in the restaurant for another hour? Is the food there really that good? Well, they didn't hear that bit mm. because the screen had gone off and then he told Jerry, I know where they are. Um, and in fact, the restaurant manager told them Rusev's on his way and they didn't care because Lashy said he hasn't got the balls to come in here. That also... When did they get their food? Well, they was were, it beforehand? Were they just enjoying drinks? I think they were enjoying drinks because during the the King's Court segment, Lana was already having desserts because she was feeding Lashley ah. cream, which you definitely wouldn't have as like an aperitif or like you wouldn't have that as your starter, <laughs> would you? <laughs> you would go, can I have lasagna with a side of chocolate brownie and whipped cream? No, you're just describing the movie Elf. <laughs> Maybe I am. Uh, then we got Highwell DDA, so bored of watching Paul Heyman plaster his cucking kink <laughs> over our screens every week. Well, he hasn't got Mike, Mar- yeah. he hasn't got Mike and Maria Canellis anymore, so he's just like, I've got to cuck someone, guys. Yeah. Will Hate, better story, Rusev Lashley and Lana, or the Sting Hogan Nash Joe <laughs> Jarrett nonsense from Bound for Glory 2010. Cheap plug for Wrestle Talk Extra. Thumbs up. And <laughs> Thank you so much. That is, of course, our patron exclusive podcast for the month. Real fun. It was a really fun show to review. Not that like the most show uh, to what like most fun what show to watch back in hindsight, but it was fun to talk about. Particularly that utter nonsense storyline. Yeah. What if you had to pick? What What's worse? I mean, what's worse? Is the Sting Hogan Nash Joe stuff? Particularly because it, it was a tw- it was a twenty year old storyline by that point, and they were like, "We could just do it again, right?" And it ruined the main event. Yeah. Whereas this really is just a lower mid card storyline. Yeah. Nate dropped surname. So Lana's lifelong dream was to go to a restaurant in Indianapolis. Also, was Lana just screaming "Breaking the law" like she was Judas Priest? Well, that was the bit that really made me laugh. She just Lana breaking the law. Bow, bow. And she just kept saying, "He's breaking the law." Bryant Hoyt. Isn't Rusev Lana Lashley's storyline a reboot of Miss Elizabeth Macho Man Ric Flair storyline years ago, but only Rick and Randy were already over and Rusev and Lashley aren't? Shame because it should be over. Well, the, the crucial thing there is Flair never actually had a relationship with Miss Elizabeth. It was Flair lying about it. You know, and those those I believe it was some photographic evidence mm. that he published that was all doctored. So it was it was Ric Flair trying to get into Savage's head. Yes. You, you never once thought, wow, Savage is being a cuck there. No. <laughs> Savage is the last person. He is the complete opposite of a cuck. Exactly. He's too far the other way. <laughs> He's too jealous of everything. 
God rest his zombie bones. Uh, and uh, Anton H says, got excited and expected a restaurant brawl similar to Stone Cold and Booker <laughs> T at the supermarket. Press check on jackass. <laughs> and Timothy Jones, finally for now, says, Raw was so bad. I mean, it was great, but the Bobby and Rusev <laughs> segment brought it down the crapper. Also, no women's wrestling at all, not even a segment. Well, there's a reason for this, is that all of the women are on the Australia tour because... W decided to say actually just it really exposes how small the division is or how little they think of some of the other women on the roster. But apparently all of the women were in Australia. That's why there were no women's segments on this show. Really, it was just to get you ready for Crown Jewel. Yeah. Let's stop stop thinking that any women ever existed. Yep. And then you won't miss them when we're in Saudi Arabia. Like for SmackDown on November 1st, they had an opportunity to do an all-women's SmackDown because all of the men are going to be over in Saudi Arabia. But WWE were like, no, no, we're going to charter a flight back so we can get all the men back on time so, so we don't have to give all the women too much stuff to do. Uh, so speaking of stuff that isn't a figment of our imagination, Raw as a show opened with the Helena Cell recap package and Bray and Seth on SmackDown, and then Seth burning down the Firefly Funhouse last week. Yes. That was a little bit at the start there. We'll come on to that later. But the the, the this is the first show of a post-draft era. So the rosters are in place. And this exposes Raw's biggest issue at the moment. And that is that there are, to my count, four storylines going on on Raw at the moment. There's the Rusev-Lashley storyline. Which is no good. Uh, going by, And bearing in mind, I'm basing it on this show as well, in terms of storylines we're getting. There's the Crown Jewel storyline, which isn't really a Raw storyline. Yeah, it's, it's a, split. It's a, that's a Crown Jewel storyline. There is Brock Lesnar versus Cain Velasquez. Which is a Smackdown, Smackdown storyline. Story and it's uh, Rollins defending his Universal Championship against Smackdown's Bray Wyatt. So really, <clears throat> Raw has only got one storyline at present, and it's the Rusev-Bobby Lashley storyline. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably in the minority here, but I really enjoyed this show. I mean, technically you could have said that Street Profits and the OC also had a feud. That had that had complications too. But where I what I really enjoyed about this show is a I thought all the in ring wrestling was very good, and b or two to annoy people is how 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 a lot of younger talent was showcased and featured. Yeah, and while this is you know it didn't feel like a it lacked star power this episode a lot of star power especially over three hours. But if they keep these shows up by the start of next year. And entering Royal Rumble season, this is going to be the best show. Well, that's it, which is going to be my, my follow-up point to it, which is that this show felt like we're laying down the groundwork of where we're going to be going in the future. And we're going with Andrade, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy. We're going with essentially now, because they have all been flattened out and leveled off over the last six to eight months, we've now got to rebuild them from the ground up. So Raw, for a little while, is going to feel like a lot of rebuilding and restructuring. Mm. And it's just like, well, we need to get all of our pieces in place before we start making attacks. Yeah. For me personally, though, the way around that or the way to start that is to actually start storylines as opposed to just putting people in matches and be like, now get over. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's got to come soon, you'd hope. Yeah. So the first episode with the new brands, uh, new rosters, was opened by Ric Flair. 
Yes, he and, uh, and they announced that Shorty G has joined Team Hogan. Yay. Uh, but Ric Flair was here to introduce his final pick for the Crown Jewel match. And it was the Scottish cycle path, yeah. Drew McIntyre, who's been out with injury for a while. Very missed. Rick was. I mean, he was being very Ric Flair with this promo, just saying things, trying to get some cheap heel heat by like mentioning hometown things. But because he's Ric Flair, people don't want to boo him. So even yeah. even they were cheering the lo- your local sports team heel heat. Before he brought out Drew McIntyre, he said, well, I've got the last hand to play. And then he looked at a guy in the audience and said, tell your girlfriend that. <laughs> don't I know your mother? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I used to know your mother. So he's just excellent. He's so charismatic. I don't care if he loses his place in promos. And Drew says, here is a showcase for what I'm going to do in Saudi Arabia. Didn't say Saudi Arabia. A crown jewel. And it was a match against Ricochet. Rick said, we're going to to Saudi. (laughs) So I was like, don't say it, Rick. Don't say that. It needs to be like the good place. (laughs) Where every time you try and say Saudi, you say shorts. Shorts. Acoustic. (laughs) Crown jewel. Yeah. Uh, and it was Ricochet versus Drew, which started off as a normal match, I'd say. First commercial break through that, I thought, okay, Drew's going to beat Ricochet. Ricochet gets a few showcase spots. By the end of the match, it was great. out of my seat, this was fantastic. Yeah, really, really good match by the end. Lots of great near falls, lots of really good sequences between the two. Ollie's Woo! stripping off for your viewing yeah. pleasure. Sorry, podcast listeners, you don't get to enjoy that. Um but yes, just some, <laughs> some really, really nice spots in there. I liked uh, the bit where Rick was trying to lift Drew up and yeah. the crowd really got into this idea that this tiny, tiny man was going to lift this big, tall dude, but he just couldn't quite get him. And then they did a few more bits and then he lifted him up and hit the Death Valley driver and the crowd popped massively for it. It was really, yeah. really good. Yeah, that was a really nice bit of crowd psychology. And just like there was a buckle bomb from Drew straight the, the into crucifix a, one, yeah. yeah, straight into a sit down power bomb for a pin. Uh, yet straight after that, Death Valley driver from Ricochet runs up there for the shooting star, hits the shooting star, great near fall. Um, but then Drew takes him outside, throws him into the ring post, and that that's sort of the ricochets out for having an injured shoulder I guess Claymore win yeah exactly yeah we also had a, a Ric Flair interview <laughs> at, uh, at ringside uh, where I've been he shouts things and he just said a lot of words he did like yeah he said I'm calling you out Hogan for Friday and then he wanted to say the place but he said Cleveland which was where they are right now and then he just went, SmackDown! <laughs> it was very, very funny. And Drew continued to beat down Ricochet afterwards. Alabama slam into the still steps. Mm. But he's on a team. I, th- I would have thought that someone would have run out to help him. But they're all on SmackDown. All of them are. Well, Roman, Ali and Shorty G are all uh, on SmackDown. I keep forgetting Seth's and not on the team anymore. Exactly. And Rusev's busy in his cucking storyline, so he couldn't come down for the saves. He hadn't run out yet. Yeah. Uh, then we get a replay of last Monday and the Street Profits challenging Ooh. the OC. We also had someone from the XFL at ringside, one of their new signees. Ah. It's happening, man. It's, I it's just assumed it was the NFL and I phased <laughs> out. They it's came actually later. actually happening. Yeah. Uh, and that they build what I'm pretty, I'm 100% sure I saw this, a six-man tag. Okay, so I'm not the only one then. Because apparently on Facebook, someone sent this to me on Twitter today, say, like, before you say that WWE booked this wrong, 
they did advertise it as a tag match of the OC versus the Street Profits. But all the way through this show, the way this was built, I thought I still thought it was a six-man tag. It was definitely a six-man last week. And it felt like it was always a six-man in this show until the match itself, where they were like, it's a tag team match. And I only heard that when not Greg Hamilton said, it's Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows representing mm. the OC. And I was like, what? Yeah. And it's, it's weird because the Street Profits kept on billing their mystery partner. Yes! But, and you're like, oh, well, you know, I, d- I didn't even think twice about <laughs> it because I assumed it was a six-man tag. I guess what they're saying is we're going to have someone in our corner in case AJ tries to interfere. But where the hell were they? But that didn't even work <laughs> because either. Because the referee ejected them before he came out. Anyway, we'll get so, to that. The OC have a, a really fun interview. AJ is fantastic uh, yeah. here to Charlie Caruso. We're in Cleveland. You can't get smoke here. It's illegal, you morons. Brilliant. Oh, and so great. Gallows and Anderson as well had some killer lines here. <laughs> Gallows was silent for ages. And they were just like... Street Profits suck! Yeah. It was so good. Then there was this little promo package about 90 seconds long that just had Andrade, Buddy Murphy, and Alistair Black having a highlight package. It's called the Instant Impact. That's it, yeah. Uh, a really good way to put the focus on them. And that, that to me was just raw laying out. Here's what we're doing now. Yeah. It's going to be a lacking star power couple of months, but yeah. We're building. We're, We're in a rebuilding phase. These guys are going to get over eventually. Unfortunately, it didn't kick off hot. Yeah, the job... Were, well, okay, so it was Alistair Black versus an enhancement talent. I didn't get his name. It was Jason Reynolds. Well, Jason Reynolds got a lot more offense in this match than I ever would have anticipated. He looked to be in worse shape than I am. Yes, he wasn't the best body guy. But that doesn't matter. He's an enhancement talent. It was... But yeah, you're right. He got in like... Three sets of punches. Black was selling for him. Yeah. Black was like doubled over at one point. It was never really true selling because he'd just be like doubled over on the ropes with a stoic expression. Like he was never in trouble. But the point here is to have him just kill people and run through them. He should be dodging every punch, sitting down cross-legged. This All this needed was Black Mass 1, 2, 3. Yeah. This just needed this Jason fella to run at him full of piss and vinegar, full of all the confidence in the world, straight into a black mass for the win. Totally, yeah. So this wasn't that effective. The crowd were very quiet. Hopefully they change that for next week. AOP had a backstage promo, just like they have been for ages. The forgotten tag team of the draft. And they claimed to have been a SmackDown talent once upon a time. They said Raw drafted them from SmackDown. I thought they were saying they wanted to keep them from SmackDown as opposed to they didn't want SmackDown signing this team. They definitely said they were a SmackDown team. Did they? Yeah. Well, that doesn't make any sense because they were definitely a Raw act. It was super confusing. Maybe they were meant to be the wildcard trade thing. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. It's hard because the draft didn't feature these lads. They were not a featured team. They weren't even in like the mm. WWE.com draft picks afterwards. They were just sort of like announced on social media. So they really feel like an afterthought. So it's then very hard to take them seriously when they're sat there in their suits going like, we're the most dominating tag team. I'm like, well, apparently you're not because no one wanted you. There's that. And there's also, and I'm, re- I'm a real big fan of how they're filming this, how they're being presented. Very Paul Heyman. But yeah, you, what you said's right. And they've done this in the wrong order. Because on the second week, I think, of these promos, they went outside and beat up some, I think it was Heath Slater and someone else. Yeah. 
And everything since then has been, we're back in the room. That should have been the payoff at the end of all this. And then you go up levels from there. But it feels like they're just going back and back and back. Yeah. Yeah. That, hopefully something will come of it. I'm sure they won't be in their cupboard for too much longer. No. Like, I, I think next week is obviously Crown Jewel go home. Week after that, I think they'll they'll return. Then we got the King's Court Rusev stuff. Then there was an anti-smoking advert. Did you get this? Yeah, I've got WWE tells you that smoking is not cool. However, Charlotte is. And that was what I took away from this. Which, you know what? Isn't a terrible idea. They ran a graphic saying smoking's bad. And then they ran a graphic sponsored by the smoking is bad PSA message saying Charlotte's done all this. Yeah. All her achievements. I'm like, there's, there's an obvious thing here where you say, hey, you kid, don't smoke. Don't listen to what the street profits are saying with that they want the smoke. Don't smoke. No. Because then you can have a chance to become a professional wrestler one day. Look at your hero. She's now a baby face. <laughs> Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was a missed opportunity. Uh, but then we got a another young talent match. Well, the, OK, there was a lot of these because that was... And that's why this show felt so long, is that this was a lot of enhancement matches. So it felt like an NXT show, but rather than be an hour long, it was three. I wouldn't call this an enhancement match, though. The, well, actually, I was going to say, this was the surprising one of the bunch, that this was not an enhancement match. Mm. This was a competitive back-and-forth match. Yeah, so Andrade versus Sin Cara. Sin Cara has pretty much been out since last summer, I think, when Andrade... He was in a feud with Andrade, and they had to call that off. Mm. So it was actually quite nice to bring him back here. They did some terrific character work. Forcing Cara. Yeah, it's sort of about like how he's been um, in El Paso doing some work with like the first responders to the, the shooting massacre that they had there quite recently. And, you know, he uh, did a show in El Paso where he had the first responders in the ring with him. It's like really, really nice stuff. Really good. Do you want to hear WWE Creative Humor's tweet about this? <laughs> no. Sin Cara, stayed in, uh, Sin Cara stayed injured just long enough to avoid being sucked into Lucha House Party. <laughs> nice. Very good. Um, but yeah, so Cara starts off hot, and they just have a really good match from there. Uh, three amigos, Cara hit this sunset flip powerbomb for a really good near fall. That's a question. I'm, I'm just posing this as a question. Why does Andrade do... Or why does Andrade mock Eddie with the three amigos? To what end is this? <laughs> is he doing the mocking of Eddie? I think it's just, hey, we love that guy so much. He is an icon of this sport, and you're doing it, and you're a heel. Mm. You don't. You haven't earned the right to do Eddie's spots. Just waiting for someone to say, "Here, pack it in, you." <laughs> <laughs> well, he's working you. Is that what it is? Yeah. But no, it's not working me because I'm not like. Oh, I don't like you for doing that. And Morgan, why are you doing that? I'm asking. I'm asking the wrong question. I need like a baby face to be mm. stepping up and be like, "You haven't earned the right to do Eddie's moves there." Like it almost makes sense to do it against Sin Cara because him and Eddie are from El Paso, but it doesn't work when you're doing it against I don't know Kevin Owens. The first time I saw it done was against Rey Mysterio. Well, that's it because Rey has got that connection yeah, yeah. With, with Eddie. So it was kind it of almost a, makes sense there. Yeah, a slight against Rey, and it's just stayed part of his move set since. Yeah, I I like it as a heel tactic, and it will be a really good babyface move when he eventually turns babyface. People will go crazy for it, hmm. hopefully. Uh, but yeah, the crowd got super into Sin Cara here, but Zelina Vega 
Harika ran it off the apron for the win. We well, also, she didn't win. Yes, Andrade, Andrade won, yeah. Uh, we also uh, didn't mention in there as well that um, Umberto Carrillo was watching backstage in his Power Rangers cosplay. Um, and his dimples. And his, very, his dimples, yeah. I thought I would share this image with you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Umberto Carrillo, and they've replaced uh, the screen he's watching backstage with Zordon from Mighty Morphin <coughs> Power Rangers. That's very good. Uh, but yeah, he cut a promo afterwards to Charlie Caruso saying that he'll one day be a good champion unlike one that plays with fire, like Seth Rollins. Yeah. He wasn't a good promo. He stumbled over his lines. But fresh face, genuinely young, 23. Yep. This is like, this is great Paul Heyman tactics. And this is instantly inserting him into a top thing. Whereas like, yeah, you're going to have a match now with the this company's top champions. Like, all right, cool. That's a really good thing to do. Like, that's great. Yeah, and it's, you know, Sammy Guevara, Cody Rhodes... Uh, Darby Allen, Chris Jericho. This tactic works yeah. when you let them get over in the match. And I thought it, it paid off really well. Street Profits have a promo making fun of AJ's hair. They're just so good. This is where they tease the mystery partner, saying it's not going to be Ric Flair, Booker T or Kurt Angle. And their their partner hates AJ Styles. Yeah. I instantly thought, oh, it's Cedric Alexander, isn't it? We're going to restart <laughs> that feud. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I was really racking my brains. Like, who well, could it be? At the start I of the John show, Cena. At the start of the show, I thought it was going to be Alistair Black. I thought, mm. what a way to get Alistair Black into a US title picture with AJ Styles. And then you can kind of spin those off yeah. into their own feud while you have Dawkins and Ford feud with Gallows and Anderson. Um, instead, I guess we're getting Kevin Owens. We'll get to that. Yeah, spoiler. Sorry. Come on, man. Uh, some 24-7 title stuff. Our truth was distracted by one of the Singh brothers. Um, Sunil, I think. Sunil Sunil was saying he was a Bollywood star, while Samir then rolled him up to become the new 24-7 title. Champion, sorry. (laughs) Uh, So Truth then kept on saying, you know, either I'm seeing double or there's There's two two of them. them. That's a funny line. But then he rolled up the wrong one later on. Also funny, because from behind they're just... Wearing their the same gear. matching tag attire, and then and then he sort of misunderstands that they're separate people. I don't know that that didn't well, play I, well. I, th- I thought it, I thought it was quite funny. It was like so there is definitely two of them. Yeah, I thought it was really good because up until that point he still wasn't sure if he had been pinned by one person or two people. Mm. I thought it worked. It made me oh, laugh. Okay. I think it would have worked a lot better if they were actual twins. Oh, yeah. Well, As opposed oh, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. just being of the same ethnicity. <laughs> yeah. uh, after this, we got... Uh, uh, Viking Raiders versus Viking Hawkins. Viking Raiders versus Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, they ran down the Ryder. crown jewel card, and then we got, um, yeah, Viking Raiders versus Hawkins and Ryder. Um, Ryder said, we're just grateful for this opportunity, because that's their gimmick now, is that they're just thankful to be in this company, which actually is... Uh, it's, it's kind of a shoot report on them, really, is that they are people... Hawkins and Ryder, that is, who aren't going to question creative. They aren't going to question the pushes they get. They are WWE fans since they were kids, and they are just quite happy to be employed by their dream employers. Yeah. And they've now turned that into a character trait for them where they are just like, we don't care that we're not getting pushed. We're just grateful to be here. I wonder if we'll get Pyro when we go out. And then they don't. Yeah. They, so, spe- they spell their name wrongs and everything. Like, yeah, it's like a, high, a, a named enhancement talent act. Yeah. Um, and it, that's all this was, really. It was the Viking Raiders, new tag team champions, sort of opportunity to showcase their moves again. 
and all the big strength spots. I actually really like the match. I like when Zack Ryder broke up the pin. It looked like he made an error. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Eric just went, you what, mate? And kneed him so hard in the, in the chest yeah. that he stumbled forward himself. Uh, and then, you know, Ivars dives outside. Uh, uh, fantastic to watch. But uh, again, I thought the crowd was quite muted. Crowd really went into it at mm. all, yeah. It's that st- lacking in star power, a lot of the same kind of match. Not the same kind of match in terms of story, but just, yeah, star power. Well, since the Viking Raiders have come up to the main roster, this is all they've done. Mm. And so I think that even though they're the tag champs, I think the audience are just ready to see them do something else. Have a storyline, for example. Yeah, or longer matches. I think that was that was what, working it worked for so, them. It worked so yeah. well last week. Uh, then we got the Lana and Rusev restaurant brawl that we've already covered. And Rey Mysterio comes down with his arm in a sling. Yes. And he's here to hype Crown Jewel. Yes. Yeah, he's here to build that SmackDown match between Cain Velasquez and Brock Lesnar. Don't uh, listen to the parts when he was talking about how his son Dominic, etc., etc. This was all about Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar, the SmackDown storyline. Yeah. But I... So when Rey came back, like when he started to work the independence and really made a name for himself again as this incredible in-ring worker, which he is, but I feel like I I personally forgot that for eight years when I was just watching him get injured and come out as number 30 in the Royal Rumble. We all knew he was a great wrestler. I never rated him as a good promo. No, and and that's not entirely Ray's fault. He was being given a lot of duff material because essentially after Eddie died, that was all his promos were. We're just like, oh, you're friends with Eddie. Talk, talk yeah. about him all the time. But even... You got me, Eddie. Yeah, even after then, I just thought, and, and on the independence, and never really saw anything from him. He has been fantastic this last month. It's really, really great. Like, who would have... I, I never thought I would say that. Of all the surprises in 2019, Ray Mysterio is one of the better promos on Raw. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. And... Shel- Heyman interrupted him first, saying, you know, Lesnar's going to win. Ray said something back in, in Spanish, which was cool. And then out came Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin was fantastic in this segment. Really good. He was so good. He came out to talk about how he trained Brock Lesnar. They were roommates. Yeah. They were, you know, tag team champions when they were in OVW uh, as the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, or the uh, Stretching Crew, rather. And he's talking about all these things. He's just like, I, I know Brock Lesnar better than anyone. And apparently, you know, and he just beat you up and he got a title shot out of it. So if I beat you up, do I get a title shot out of it? And he slaps him and goes, do I get a WWE Championship match now? How about a US? How about an IC? I was really good. He was essentially just bullying uh, Ray into the corner until Cain Velasquez came out. Yeah. And and Ray was interrupt, like speaking over him. It was a very naturalistic exchange. Really, really great. Uh, I thought Shelton physically looked incredible. He was massive. Yeah. Um, Cain Velasquez, however, unfortunately, wasn't so thrilling. It's. So Cain Velasquez, since uh, beginning his wrestling career, from what I understand, has been doing a lot of Lucha Libre, and that's what he enjoys doing. But they brought him into the UFC, and he's got to do fake UFC, Mm. which he doesn't look particularly convincing. It's not like Brock Lesnar. When Brock Lesnar does fake UFC, it looks really good. So he just did some some takedowns on Shelton Benjamin, but neither of them ever looked any good. It probably would have looked even better. It would have looked better if he'd have just done some Lucha Libre stuff on it. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to say it as well, but to see Sheldon Benjamin there and Brock Lesnar, I th- I think he should wear a shirt. I oh, th- Cain Velasquez. Cain yeah, Velasquez, yeah. yeah. It's just taken away from... Because if he... Uh, th- 
He doesn't look like a badass. He totally is, but I don't know anything about him. So I just think there's a way to tweak the way he looks to make that more threatening. Yeah. Because at the moment, he he does he looks like a guy. Uh, it's weird for me to say that because usually I'm, I don't care about body image at all. Uh, and in fact, I'm more for varied body image. But it just whatever isn't working here, the crowd are pretty flat as well. And also, Vic Joseph says on commentary that Cain Velasquez is the only person to legitimately claim to have manhandled Brock Lesnar. Well, I'm glad we've still got Beast Slayer on Titantrons then. What a stupid, idiotic line. That is utterly ridiculous. It completely devalues everyone who's ever gone up against Brock Lesnar in WWE by saying, oh yeah, but that was that was the fake stuff. That is all Seth has done this year. It's, he's had one storyline in 2019, which is... But is beating Brock Lesnar, mm. which he's done twice. He did it at Mania and he did it at SummerSlam? Yeah, yeah SummerSlam. <laughs> it's been a long year. Yeah. And he did it by being, I'm the beast slayer and I can beat you. I'm the one guy who can beat you to get the crowd really behind Seth. So then to have being like, yeah, but it doesn't really count because we let him win. Kane Velasquez, on the other hand, though, he beat him when Brock Lesnar wouldn't let him win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Seth. It then cuts to Seth Rollins backstage with Charlie Caruso. And Charlie, it was built up a lot as Seth's going to explain his actions, why he burnt down the Firefly Funhouse. Oh, I forgot about that aspect yeah. of this. Yeah, I just wrote, I just thought it was a generic Seth promo. He didn't really do that no. enough to promote that for two hours. No. You know? Yeah, yeah. He just said uh, the Fiend's got inside his head, but he's got inside the Fiend's head. And Hell in a Cell's changed him. And then he gets distracted because he sees mm. uh, Umberto Carrillo and um, says, you know, I've got some things. To say. I heard what you had to say about me earlier. I did what a champion has to do. You think you can be a champion? Why don't we go and have a match right now? That was excellent. That made me like Seth Rollins. That, well, I yeah, thought this was a great Second half of that was way better yeah. than the first half. Yeah. And it was weird as well. Just to go back to the Bray stuff. He says that he's found a way inside Bray's head. I did find my way into the Firefly Funhouse after all. And the way he said that and delivered that made it seem like he knew or he, he implied that he did go into Bray's head and the Firefly Funhouse was... Oh, is that your reading? I mean, I don't know. Because they announced that Firefly Funhouse is coming back on SmackDown yes. this week. I That was not my reading of it. But that's maybe because I just took it as a literal thing of I found the Firefly Funhouse backstage and, yes. and burned it down. Yeah, and I burned it down. That's a way to get in his head. Just the way he delivered the line made me think that it was one of those dual meanings where it's also, yeah, but I also understand that everyone kind of liked the possibility that the Firefly Funhouse existed only in Bray's head. This is me literally going into Bray's head. I'm inside his mind and I've destroyed his set. I don't know anymore, man. Yeah. I don't know anymore. And like, I, I, I don't buy into this whole... Oh, the Hell in a Cell finish totally makes sense because Seth was out of his mind. I'm like, Seth is acting the same way he always <laughs> does. Like, Seth is not changing anything of his character yeah. in since Hell in a Cell, which completely undermines the finish to Hell in a Cell. So they they have a sort of crown jewel hype bit now. What was this, mate? I don't know! I think, because we talked about this on the Friday magazine show, that Saudi Arabia have got this big, like, events 
thing they've got in the moment sort of like a couple of weeks long event and they've got like boxing and a few other sort of entertainments and arcades and stuff I think Marvel are doing a show there and um, and Crown Jewel is part of that so I guess this was like the opening ceremony like you would get for the Olympics mm. <laughs> what it was was like a giant wrestling ring with a giant ladder in it a ginormous Undertaker paper mache a paper mache like Undertaker and Undertaker stood in the ring with it and it did look like we welcome our new Lord and Saviour Undertaker I did say in uh, the the awful video I made earlier today oh, don't put it down it's alright that uh, it is like Undertaker this is a dystopian nightmare vision of the future where Undertaker <laughs> rules everything he's gone you mad you will all bow life. down before me give me all your souls uh, but then they also said that Seth versus Fiend, it's a Fool's Count Anywhere match. And now on the match graphic, in quotes, I don't know who the quotation's from, it says, can't be stopped for any reason. We said this last week, that should be the default <laughs> setting for these matches. For, for a Fool's Count Anywhere match. It's like... Like billing this singles match, and there will be a winner. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, I got, that's what I assume. You don't have to tell me that. To have the screwy finishes should be a surprise, but WWE have chipped away at their audience's trust for so long. In all fairness, though, a three count is a reason to end a match. So is pinning them not also not going to stop? Because it can't be stopped for any reason. That's a good point. Because that's what these need. More explanation. <laughs> Asterix, see the small print. Okay, brackets, apart from pinfalls, comma, obviously. Before the end of next year, we're going to have iTunes terms and conditions <laughs> level forms to read before we fully understand the rules of these matches. But I guess that means we're Seth's winning. Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, but... For the now, Seth versus Humberto. 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 Yeah. Was great. Oh, it was terrific. Really, really good. Carrillo is... He's, me and Laurie were just singing his praises all the live long day in our NXT reviews when he was down there. And I was chuffed that he got to go up to 205 Live. It meant that I wasn't going to get to see him on NXT, though, which I was a bit disappointed by. But when he got called up to Raw, I was like... Awesome. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. He's got a really good look about him. I like his Power Rangers cosplay outfit. He is tremendous, and he looked great in this match. And we've given Rollins a lot of stick over the last couple of months, rightfully so, I would argue. But he was fantastic here, and I would say 90% of the reason Umberto looked so good was because of Rollins. Yeah, Rollins gave him everything that he needed in this match. Yeah, and he was working ever so subtly heel, you know, like throwing him around into the barricade when they went, side. When they went into the ad break and they came back, he was the one that had him in the headlock for the, uh, for, for the, the, the rest spot. There was a bit of trash talking there from Seth. It was fantastic. Uh, the finish came with Umberto doing a moonsault. Rollins gets the knees up, hits the stomp for the win. Seth has an interesting bit of character work here. He walks out the ring. He's even on the ramp, isn't he? Mm. But then he turns around and gets back in and shakes Umberto's hand. My reading of that is Seth was being a bit heelish in that match. And he, he was like, it's consumed me. I am the bad guy. And he's walking out, but then he's like... I'm not the bad guy anymore. No, 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 no. Let's turn back. And he goes in and shakes his hand. I'm not going to embrace their hate. Mm. I am. Um, I mean, my note here is that I think they've John Cena'd Seth Rollins. Potentially. It, it was quite audibly noticeable when he was doing his burn it down stomp chants. It was 
women and children that were joining along. It yeah. was not the older men or teenage boys. It was that noticeable sort of high-pitched thing. And when he won, it was the high-pitched sound again, which is what always happened in John Cena matches. John Cena would be booed by the predominantly male contingent of the audience. But when he was making his comebacks, you could hear the higher pitched of women and children getting into the matches. So I think this Fiend thing has John cena Seth Rollins. The Rock brilliantly called Cena out for that in their promos back in the day. He said, he did an impression of, let's go Cena. Cena sucks. Like that, that would yeah. be the, the, the voice comparison. Um, then we get the second bit of the R Truth twenty four seven stuff. He's not the champion currently. It's the first. He'll be. On, he'll probably win it on Twitter or something. Uh, then there's the announcement that the Firefly Fun House will return on SmackDown this Friday. So yeah, mm. do you think there'll be any fire damage on the set, or I it'll mean, be back to normal? I'd, I'd hope so, unless of course it is all in his mind, in which case there might not be. But I'd kind of hope that there is, just for continuity. There's got to be some reference, or it starts on a painting of the burnt down set mm. from last week and it zooms out yeah, and then it's all normal again. Could be a way. Uh, and then we got the main event, which was a really, really fun match. Street Profits debut on the main roster, main event of Raw, but the crowd weren't as into it as they could have been because of this confusing six-man mystery partner nonsense. And really, at the end of the day, it would have worked better if it was a six-man tag. Yes. He'd have had the OC come down and have them do like the, you are never going to find a friend for us, Street Profits <laughs> make their entrance. And so we have got a partner. And then out comes Kevin Owens, big baby face pop. We have a fun little six-man tag. Because yeah. what we got eventually didn't really make a, a lick of sense because apparently Street Profits hired Kevin Owens to stop AJ from interfering. AJ consistently interfered in this match to the point where the referee ejected AJ Styles from the ring and then Kevin Owens came down to stop AJ after he'd been stopped. Yeah, hit the stunner and that allowed the Street Profits to get the win in the ring. Yeah. It's weird. And the whole crowd are just sitting on their hands waiting for this sixth person to come out, the mystery partner. Yeah. Because they're like, you know, you get that all the time. People, if they know a surprise is coming, they will not invest as much in the match that's right there in front of them. Backlash 2000. Yeah. I love that main event. And it's, you know, Rock and Triple H having a great match, but that crowd is waiting for Austin to come down to the ring. Exactly. Um, but at the end of the day, really, really good for the Street Profits. They looked like stars. They They won... They're celebrating everywhere. They're so charismatic that they can get the crowd on their side. And Ford was doing everything he could to get the crowd into this match. Including my new favourite image of all time. <laughs> they party into the crowd. They're just slapping hands, celebrating with everyone. Montez Ford sees a baby <laughs> dressed as Hulk Hogan. He takes the baby. <laughs> he takes the baby, holds the baby up and celebrates. The baby is looking at Montez Ford thinking, this is the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> this baby is so, so happy right now. Yeah. And the mum, who's wearing an I did it for the rock t-shirt, <laughs> is so happy too, who's just standing to the left of shot. It's like WWE's PR wet dream that Montez Ford is holding a baby dressed as Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That's gonna. That Montez, should be in every press release whenever they announce Hogan's coming back for something. Montez Ford forgives him. Yeah. Why can't you? <laughs> Some of my best friends are street profits. 
It was, but it was so much fun. Uh, it, it felt great. And it's just, this wasn't an exciting episode of Raw. I found it very easy to watch, though, because I mean, I like all the wrestlers they're now featuring. But it's the start of many more blocks that need to come of building up these talents. And this was a, for Street Profits in particular, was a home, well, actually not a home run because the Kevin Owens stuff, but it was damn good. Yeah, I enjoyed the in-ring action. I enjoyed all the guys getting featured. My thing, as I said at the top of the show, the lack of storyline and... Yeah, basically, I mean, you can't say direction because they are building these people, but the lack of storylines <laughs> on this show made the three hours really drag. Ah. Um, because it felt like there was nothing at stake in, in anything that was happening. And then when it was a storyline, I'm like, well, it's, this is not... Like, I'm trying to think of, like, what, I'm ex- what am I excited to see next week? Am I excited to see... Andrade have another enhancement match. Am I excited mm-hmm. to see the Viking Raiders have another enhancement match? Like, there's nothing to hook me in to watch next week's show um, other than do you want to see some more enhancement matches? That's that's a very fair point. And it'll probably be that way again next week as yeah. it's the go-home for Crown Jewel. But hopefully the week after that, November time. November Survivor time. Survivor Series build. When it's Raw vs. SmackDown again. We're all storylines, <laughs> or the lack thereof, can get put on hold for a minute. While we book this match. And also, AJ and Kevin Owens didn't have the best feud a couple of years ago. I just can't wait for the US title to accidentally change hands a couple more times. Right, so let's get in with your super chats. We, we're going to try and bust through these as quickly as possible because Laurie and Simon will be in here on Screen Stalker's Twitch channel playing through 2K20, the My Career mode. It's going to be loads of fun, and we're going to have a cut down of that up on Screen Stalker tomorrow. So, Arches B. Cray, HY6. Lana has been with Dolph, Enzo, Rock, Lashley, and Aiden English. Well, she wasn't technically with Aiden. Aiden was trying to flow with her, but, but she rejected his advances. That's a better comparison to the Macho Man uh, Flair story. Yeah, that's, yeah, much better. Yeah, yeah. Swaff Daddy Johnny D. Rusev looks like Freddie Mercury. Swole Freddie Mercury. Mm, Freddie Jackury. <laughs> uh, on the subject of Seth Rollins, Oblivious Kari says, imagine that dark match, but never ending. Yeah, so the dark match was a cage match, and it was the same. Seth super kicked the Fiend loads and stomped the Fiend loads. The Fiend no solder, but Seth got out the cage. Yeah. Uh, Sterling Van said Seth insulted AEW by calling them minor league why would you crap on NXT like that it's the best wrestling show you have stop belittling your own guys to belittle others so so this so someone asked Seth about um, Kenny Omega's essentially joke comedy men on episode of being the elite when he was playing this character that's losing his mind and was saying that like oh yeah NXT is the minor leagues Clearly, it was meant to be. It's like for him and his wrestling mates who were in NXT to be like, that's a funny thing to say because you're playing a character. And when Seth responded to it, he said, no, AEW's the minor leagues. When, he, when he's finally done playing with there, he can come to the major leagues and have matches and make some money and have make all the money with, with people like me. And it was just more of like, God, Seth's not cool. Mm, it's not great, is it? No, although I do find it weird that we were all criticizing Seth you know, or I say criticizing, making fun of Seth for his bank balance comments, which apparently he's learned nothing from because he was making the same things here. When Renee Young did it, everyone was praising her for it. When Renee Young, someone said, uh, I don't like your comment, she was like, yeah, but I'm making all that Fox money, so come at me. Everyone was like, oh, Renee slammed down Twitter trolls. I'm like, well, when we did it to Seth, <laughs> it was all in good jest, I guess. Yeah. 
I guess because Renee was more attacked, whereas... So Seth, in all fairness. But didn't that come out, the Osprey stuff and Osprey and Seth? Like, Seth got into it with Osprey first. Well, yeah, well, Seth... Seth Osprey was making fun of Seth, and then Seth took it personally. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's me, isn't it? Uh, Kellen Sloan says, so if the Fiend versus Seth match can't be stopped for any reasons, does that mean the match won't end when it's an actual pinfall? That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. But that's, yeah, can't wait for that never-ending match. I mean, it's not that different to most episodes of Raw. Yeah. Patrick, uh, Eddie says, I was at Raw last night in Cleveland. The dark match was Seth versus Fiend in a steel cage for the Universal Championship. Seth won. Everyone booed. Yeah. Uh, and Java and Gaming says, people only rooted for Seth because they hated Brock. Yeah, it's that sort of anti-heat, isn't it? Well, that's that didn't work for Roman, though, did it? Yes. Well, it just flattened out both guys. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the trick. Uh, and uh, King CJ says, uh, I was there in Cleveland for Raw. The experience was fine. I actually uh, actively cringed every time I heard Seth's voice. He is not cool. WWE needs to do it better. Yes. Well, I, I personally thought Seth was a lot better on this show. So I... But I totally get where you're coming from. If he's already jumped the shark for you, he's jumped the shark. Yeah. Uh, on the Kevin Owens Street Profits stuff, Donnie Sim... Oh, excuse me, Donnie Simmon. The backstage OC segment was a highlight of the show. Also, did you guys watch the post-show interview with Owens and the Street Profits? I think it did a good job explaining why KO came out so late in the show. It's probably worth noting that those backstage things are done by the lads themselves. They're not scripted, so they have made their own internal logic in there as opposed to the booking made mm. logic. Uh, Will Adams, Luke Owens' number one fan. Cheers, mate. I give this show a rating of Montez Ford holding Hulk Hogan baby. Yes. So it's the best thing ever. That's the top rating now. Uh, Bryant Hoyt, you think WWE kept Kevin Owens to the end just to keep ratings viewers up? Sounds like a Vince move. Well, it didn't work for them last week. Mm. They were hyping Fiend-Rollins interaction all throughout last week, and it actively made people tune out. But I guess this is a mystery as opposed to yeah. all that thing that we hated last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, WWE Miscellaneous. Uh, this comes in from Jobber JJ, who's Ollie Davis's number one fan. I was so offended and so angry watching this show. I'm done with main roster. Street Profits was the only good thing that I liked. So many geeks. I, I, I don't know why you'd be so offended. I guess if you were really looking forward to women's wrestling, I, I understand if you're offended by there being none at all. Um, it's bad planning. Yeah, bad planning more than anything, but it's also bad morals because <laughs> they're going to Saudi Arabia next week. Uh, but as as far as the... I, I, I thought this show was very positive and building for the future. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, Firefly Fanhouse, uh, uh, Edna Madden says, can't spell Raw without Rowan. Monday Night Rowan. <laughs> Where is Big Red? Well, they're saving him for when Seth beats The Fiend, and that's his December into January feuds oh. against Big Red Rowan. Uh, Medal Khan says, Hey guys, thanks to whomever at WrestleTalk shared my Fiend Pumpkin picture on Twitter yesterday. It was me. Uh, it has nearly 1,000 likes now, Bray included. Whoa, the Sweet, Fiend man. himself. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Sterling Van, uh, why does all of Imperium look like perfect opponents for Walter? P.S. the NXT tag team titles changed hands and no one seems to care. To be honest, you could just say uh, NXT UK is a thing and no one seems to care yeah. is, is also an accurate description. WWE have too many brands. Yes, and one of them was done for cynical reasons. Uh, but Imperium's such a cool-looking group, though. Yeah. Oh, God, they're so wicked. Um, Priyash Sharma says, It could have been McIntyre in Bray's place at Hell in a Cell and Crown Jewel. I think he was still injured at that point. Uh, I'm um, not sure on that one. But if that, if that protects The Fiend from having to lose at Hell in a Cell, that would have been much better. Um 
Can a little DSA living in a society and boomer hashtag our guy. Yeah, he had a go at Lawler for being a boomer. <laughs> so funny. I, th- I thought they were being a bit mean to Jerry. Jerry wasn't terrible. <laughs> we don't want you here. Go home. He's like, oh man, the street profits are cool. Shut up, you boomer. <laughs> KJ, uh, I love the what chance personally. I find it funny. After after twenty years of it, I'm very much done yeah, with what I'm chance. Uh, Brian Hoyt missed Raw due to being at work, but saw YouTube videos. Uh, four Viking Raiders, Andrade, Seth, match Ricochet, and Drew. The crowd still seemed dead. Has WWE killed them to the point where even good matches aren't appreciated anymore? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. that's why the crowd was silent for not silent, but not into it as much as they should be. Uh, yeah, it's, it, again, it's about rebuilding, unfortunately. You know, Andrade's been on the main <laughs> roster now for 18 months and has done nothing since coming up. Uh, Nate drops surname. Can Andrade get some wins without Selena's help? I cannot agree with you more. I, he really needs to just pick up some wins. Yeah. Every match has ended. Since he's come into the main roster, I'm almost, e- I'm almost sure every single match has ended with Selena Vega hitting her Hurricane Rana and then him hitting the Hammerlock DDT. Yeah, that should be saved for the big matches. Yeah. yeah. Um, Blake's Mickelson says, Murphy versus Carrillo, match of shields. Not bad, kids. Oh, like their ring attire? Their, their entrance attire? I guess so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tyler Bailey, this company. <laughs> I'm tired of WWE. It's 99, early 2000s of WCW. Frustration is overwhelming in me. It's never that bad. It's getting there. Uh, no, I, I think this is a good. That, that, I, I, here's why I'll say no because WCW in 99 2000 had storylines that just made no sense, while Raw just has no storylines. So that that's where the big that, difference is. Uh, Deep Singh says Lucha Libre with a splash of MMA submissions works. Yeah, that works for me with terms of Cain Velasquez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one and only. How is NXT better than the main roster? LMAO. Uh, better in ring wrestling, I would say. The characters are allowed to. Be themselves. They're presented more. as stars yeah. from day one, as opposed to eighteen months down the line. That's it. Yeah, because Raw is showcasing a lot of these guys really well now. But there's a year of stink, unfortunately, of yeah. bad booking. NXT doesn't have that. Swaft Daddy Donny D uh, pointed out actually that Team Flair has the mid card of evil. It's got Drew, Bobby, and Baron on the team. The mid card reunite. It's the gravitational pull that sucked them together. Uh, Kevin. I still have a lot of work, so I can't make it to the Super Chat, but my return is coming soon, and it will be better than Rusev's return. In the meantime, <laughs> have some money. Also, did Sin Cara wrestle through a commercial break in 2019? <laughs> I can't believe it happened, mate, but it did. That is that is dedication, just checking in, <laughs> Super Chatting, then leaving. Thank you. Marcus Roman, I really enjoyed Seth versus Carrillo match, and glad to see Carrillo move up to the main roster. Only hope WWE better not screw this kid up. Well, he's presumably a Heyman project, like the, the Latino... Babyface star is a huge part of his SmackDown success back in the day, so you'd hope so. Adam Pearson, hey, welcome, Adam. Uh, will Xavier's injury finally split the new day? I hope not. Yeah, I mean, it's a he's real out, shame though. He's out for six months. I think is most likely going to be the, the 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 prognosis. But I hope it doesn't just like just six months means you split mm. the new day up. Uh, and lastly, in this section, uh, Jobber JJ says, "I was offended because Seth and Feed is continuing, it and WWE have killed the Fiend, the cuck crap, uh, and not caring for its stars. All about Hogan and Flair." Yeah, you can't argue with any of that. I, I just I just have to cling to bits of sanity. So I'm taking a positive look. Well, they took sanity away from me, and I love that group in NXT, <laughs> so I can't grab onto that anymore. So the miscellaneous. Uh, Finn Brennan says, saw Ollie's Irish cousin wrestle at the weekend. Amazing. 
I don't know who he's talking about, but you've got an Irish cousin. <laughs> I do. Musley Unle- Luke. Unless they're referring to Scotty Davis. Maybe. Um, and Musley Luke, which was his tag team partner on that yeah. WrestleCase show. Marcus Roman says, get your leopard jacket back, then I'll be happy. Uh, smiley face. One day. Mm. Jobber JJ 496 Ollie, I love the change. You're working too hard. Hard emoji. Cheers. There you go, bud. <laughs> uh, Johnny X Walker. First time su- su- super chat party. Love all the shows you guys do. I hope they see <laughs> the one from today. Uh, thank you for watching WWE so I don't have to. Crime with laughter face emoji. Jman251. Hey guys, it's my birthday. Ollie, could you please yell, not now, Jman. Thanks. Love the channel. So like so like, like you used to do for Paige. Page. Not yeah. now, Paige. Not now, Jman. There you go. Deep Sing. So what is up with the new background music during your review, Ollie? Are you going to teach us how to waltz? Or did someone copyright that music? I like I like that song, The Blue Danube and uh, Ride of the Valkyries. I didn't balance the audio correctly. I will use something a lot more backgroundy next time. If I ever do one ever again. <laughs> Jesse Venable. My super chat was left out of the Smackdown review. I still <gasps> raised my Patreon to a $10 backer for the After Dark. And Luke, you will now never forget my name. I don't think I ever forget Jesse Venable's name. Yeah. I've read that quite a bit. Also, I didn't do the SmackDown review, so I can't forget the name. Yeah, we'll find out what happened there with Pete and Dave. Yes. Um, but congratulations, <laughs> uh, and thank you so much for raising uh, your Patreon level. The After Dark episode is going to be finished recording tomorrow, so we're going to release it next mm-hmm. Monday, I believe. Eduardo Eduardo Rodriguez. Lovely time with the boys. I haven't missed any of for the past year. And if I can get a shout out to my brother and sister Maria and Yoendres. Wow. Hello, Maria and Yoendres. Hello there. And uh, yeah, two brothers and stuff. Eduardo. Uh, John Marth. Don't have to read aloud, but have fun in Japan, Luke. Hey. If you need any last-minute tips or recommendations, message me. I go there all the time. Oh, thank you so much, John Marty. You get in touch with me on Twitter at, at thisislukeowen. I kind of got a very busy uh, plan for what I'm doing in Tokyo and Kyoto, but uh, I'm always open to more suggestions. This is Ellis. Fascinating time to be a wrestling fan right now. Love you guys. Thank you for your content. Oh, thank you thank so you much. Thank watching. you. Uh, so effing awesome, N, shirtless Ollie fund. <laughs> So that's to get more, yep. more bit. Uh, and lastly, on the miscellaneous note, um, apparently, hashtag FixWW2K20 is trending number 21 in the US currently on Twitter. So uh, head on over to Twitch to watch the boys stream today. So yeah. thank you very much for Mod Mother. Laurie uh, and out. Simon are going to be on Screen Stalker on Twitch. The link will hopefully be somewhere in the video description and chat. Indeed. And thank you to Jeff Mickle and Sean for your, I hope that's not Sean from the good place, uh, or the bad place rather, uh, for uh, messaging uh, without Sorry for donating without any messages. Thank you all so, so much. This comes in from Jesse uh, from Australia, who says... Uh, I'm Australia, li- Australia, swaffed under. I'm a little behind on the podcast. If you've already talked about this, feel free to ignore it. But in the Ricochet match, Jerry Lawler was compared uh, was comparing him to Spider-Man. And when Eric Young slammed Ricochet to the match, and Vic Joseph said something along the lines of, Spider-Man never got slammed to the mat like that. So I think Jesse's... Stories are slightly muddled here because it wasn't Eric Young in the match with Ricochet, was it? Last week's... No, Eric Young fought someone else. Alistair Black. Yeah, that's it. It was What was Ricochet's match last week? Ooh. It was, again, just a showcase was match. It Bobby Roode? I can't remember. Was it un- no, because Bobby Roode was in the tag match. Was it Andrade? Maybe it was Andrade. Maybe. I can't remember. I don't think it was Eric Young. It, it, well, I can... I, but no, it also sure. could be Eric Young. <laughs> yeah. Um... 
Vic Joseph would then say uh, something along the lines of Spider-Man never got slammed to the mat like that. Well, anyone that knows Spider-Man knows that Spider-Man actually did have a small period when he was a pro wrestler in the comics, and most famously in the Sam Raimi film in the cage match yeah. against Macho Man Randy Savage. So yes, Vic Joseph, Spider-Man has been slammed to the mat like that. Also, I just thought of a dream match, which I would love to see, uh, which is possible now. Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. Yes, please. Keep up the consistent consistency. Love from Australia. Yeah, you've got to think that's where they're going. Um, a lot of people have been saying, oh, yeah, Buddy Murphy, Alistair Black. And we're like, oh, just hold that off, though. Let's not do that for at least nine months. Build them up individually, because at the moment, one of them would have to lose. I just, this is bugging me now. Shelton Benjamin. There you go. Got there in the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, take that, <laughs> Phillips. No, Joseph. Big, big Joseph, there you one go. One of them. <laughs> Michael Cole. One of those three guys. Yeah. <laughs> He was, he did get body slammed on the mat, you stupid dolt. Yeah, and surely, Jerry of all people should have picked up on mm. that. Uh, this comes in from Cameron, um, who uh, sent us into the World Cup of Baseball. Ah, uh, so yeah. The conversation we were having. Which we found out was a thing. To answer questions uh, you had about the World Cup of Baseball, not sure we actually had questions about this. We were just... That would imply we care. There you go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it paralleled the Olympics in the Major League Baseball players were not either actively allowed to participate or choose not to. Since a lot of players outside of the USA and Canada prior to the 60s, 70s and 80s were not allowed in league teams, deliberately or league teams deliberately didn't sign them, the international teams tended to do better in these world tournaments. Hell, until relatively recently, African-American players were not even allowed to play in the Major League Baseball, which is why Jackie Robinson is such an iconic figure in American sports. There's a brilliant film about him, actually mm. uh, i think it's called 42 that i watched on playing back from thailand he's re- it's a really good film because it was it, it was like around 1942 i believe that. i think that was it's 1947 i think it was in the 50s i think yeah. um because i think that was just the number on his shirt was 42 but it was but, before rosa parks that's what i always find mm. astounding uh but the same cannot be said for hockey and even base uh bas- he said basketball then <laughs> uh basketball um which is what made the 1992 usa dream team so special professional sports always muddle international sporting events from americas and canadas this past winter olympics 2018 the nhl pulled out causing the greatest athletes in hockey to be not eligible to play which really irks me as a canadian sorry for the long email i know our side of the world sports are confusing to the rest of the world we love them anyway all the best screw you blake ham that's from cameron of <laughs> Milton, Ontario, Canada. Thank you, Cameron. Yeah, your sports are confusing. I feel <laughs> like you, you you do that intentionally, yeah. so no, so we we can't access it. And you go, no, look, look, it's an American thing. But yeah, it it is annoying that the Olympics have more. Not, I don't want to say major sports because that kind of belittles track and field. But you know, like real sports, yeah, like a football or a boxing, and you like golf, yeah. Or tennis as well, when Andy Murray won that one. Snooker. It just doesn't... Snooker needs to be in there. Chess. Darts. Uh, All Night Werewolf. Pandemic. Pogs. Mm-hmm. But it, it's weird that all the top players are noticeably absent or there, and they seem to be half arse in it. Mm. So I think the Olympics should just be like, no, it's not working we're going to make everything gymnastics. Because that's what I enjoy watching. It's insane. <laughs> I love gymna- I love watching gymnastics. Um, I'm going to open this uh, one up to you. Open this up to the floor. This comes in from Matthew. Now, it's either Coburn or Cockburn. Ooh. 
I think we just got to double down on Cockburn. Well, it, well, but is that bullying then? Because surely Paul Matthew has had this his entire life. And right. I've had this before. One of my first jobs at the university was working for the stop smoking section of the NHS. We'd call up people who'd signed up for the stop smoking service and just see how they got on. Um, and two of my uh, most troubling calls were when um, the well, I, someone with the name Cockburn said, actually, it's Coburn. And I was like, very sorry. Also, I'm just fresh out of university. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And the second one was when uh, I asked them, have they quit smoking? And he said, uh, yes, because I've just been diagnosed with lung cancer. And I just heard the first bit of it where he said yes. And I went, oh, that's brilliant news. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. <laughs> what, what, a, what a bit of motivation to help you along. <laughs> anyway. You're an awful human being. I know, right? This, one, this comes in from Matthew, who says, Hi, Luke, Ollie, and the others. I'm Matthew from Canada. God, there's so many Canadians getting in touch. And listen to your podcast each and every day. On my way home from class, uh, there are too many if you haven't finished the time I'm home, uh, but I was listening to Friday's show, and I have a suggestion for you all. On Wednesday, there is nothing on the podcast, that is, uh, and this you could potentially do the magazine show and then do NXT on Friday uh, while have AEW on Thursday so that everyone can get NXT live uh, and that cannot get spoiled for you on the Thursday or Sunday show. So at the moment, NXT is going to be going out on, th- on Sundays. <laughs> yes. Because we found that doing both episodes on the on the Thursday, AEW and NXT, is just not working. The podcast numbers are being hit. The YouTube numbers are being hit. So we're not going to double down on that. So currently, the plan is to do it on the... Sunday. However, Matthew's suggestion here is we move the magazine show to the Wednesday and put NXT on the Friday. Yeah, we thought about doing that. That was definitely under consideration. But that now that The Observer comes out Thursday night, Friday morning, there is so much news from that usually, especially with the Wednesday Night Wars stuff. It, it previously came out Thursday morning, Wednesday night, mm. uh, UK, US time. So there's so much stuff that it's it's better. It works better as a news roundup show to to talk about. Oh look, here's all the stuff that happened this week. Here's all this stuff from the the Wrestling Observer newsletter. We can talk about the AEW NXT ratings that would have just come out. So and and if we pre-record that, that will have dated by Sunday, and it would certainly have dated by the following Wednesday. But if we do it the NXT. People are going to watch the review of NXT regardless, I would hope, because they just want to tune in to hear our thoughts yeah. as opposed to what happened, because they could just you know watch a roundup video for that. So, yeah, we're going to stick with the NXT one on Sunday. Of course, we don't know until we try it. If, if people massively hate it, we'll change it. Exactly. If that goes tits up as well, like your Raw review did today. <laughs> um, Right, I'm trying to see if we've got time for one more email. Uh, This one comes in from uh, Dave's number one fan, Chris Adams, um, who says, Hello, Luke, Ollie, El Fagador, Pete, Dave, and Housemate Simon. Dave's got a number one fan. He has indeed. What a friend. Uh, He said, I'm writing this angry email to you about baseball because I (laughs) am furious. Oh, no that you didn't talk enough about the all-time great Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. How can you talk about baseball and not mention the man who was so integral to baseball that he literally had one for a face? I'm so disappointed in you all. But in seriousness, thank you for all the consistently consistent uh, greatness of the podcast. I've been a long-time pod swatter and done my best to at least donate some Super Chats when I can. You guys have really helped me get through some difficult times, and I hope to be able to afford to adequately pay you guys back in some small way sometime. Dave's number one fan, Chris Adams. Oh, thank you very much much chris and yeah we'll we'll recognize 
whatever that thing is more whenever we talk about baseball. Yes, uh, and lastly, uh, to Matt Field, who um, has got an email here, but I'm just going to... Okay, I'm going to read out this first part of it just to get your instant reaction to it, which is like, hello, Rest Talk. According to multiple sources, bracket, Slice Wrestling, Brad Shepard, and Bill Batty. Mm. The Falls Count Anywhere match may be scheduled for Crown Jewel. Uh, It's supposed to end in another no contest. Hmm. I mean, they've said that it has to have a finish or it won't be called off for any reason. Yeah. But we'll see. They're not the most reliable source. That, that, Maybe what, it's yes. a jokey email. I don't think it is. Okay. But uh, yeah, uh, if it comes from those three, I probably wouldn't buy into a lot of it. Um, particularly Brad Shepard, who WWE are purposefully messing with <laughs> these days. To it's, it's been quite funny, really. But anyway, that's all we've got time for on this edition. Ollie and I will be back on Thursday with the AEW review. We'll have the Friday magazine show. And then uh, Dave and Pete will have the SmackDown review show on Saturday. And then Pete and Laurie will have the NXT review on Sunday. And you're off on Friday. And I'm off on Friday. I'm off to Japan, which I'm very, very excited about. Thank you so much. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.